This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today's episodes are going to be a good one. It's going to be about the short float. Does it matter? Does the percentage of shares outstanding that are being shorted, does that matter? We're going to talk about all of that and more. This email here comes from a guy. We're going to call him Herbie, like Herbie Hancock from Tommy Boy. When Tommy Boy himself, he was trying to pass a college exam and it asked who one of the founding fathers was. And he says it was Herbie Hancock. That's who we're going to call this guy today. Herbie says, hi, Ryan. I was wondering if you would be willing to tell me if paying attention to how much a stock is being shorted has much of an effect on swing trading. I'm a terrible question asker, so I hope this makes sense. I have listened to most of your content and have learned a ton. I'm just not sure if you have covered this before, so my apologies, and if so, I will go back through it all. Sincerely, Herbie. Now, before I answer this question, what am I drinking? I am drinking Bird Dog Blackberry Flavored Whiskey, and it's 40% alcohol, 80 proof, and as you know from past experiences, I'm not a huge fan of these flavored whiskeys or bourbons that try to add some kind of like interesting like fruity or a peanut buttery or chocolatey flavor to it. So I don't have high hopes for it. And when I look at it, it has a like a golden brown but like cloudy look to it. It's not like a very clear whiskey. To the nose, it's a strong blackberry flavor. And that's obvious because they basically tout it as being a blackberry whiskey. Now, the taste, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't like it. I mean, I could taste the blackberry. It's definitely a strong blackberry taste, but it comes across like a cough syrup. Not completely like a cough syrup, but it has that hint of cough syrupness. It's very syrupy, too. So I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of it. I really think this is like a 4.3 whiskey. It's bad. I mean, I would never buy it. I bought a little taste test of it, and that's... The most I'll get, I'll go to my grave never having drinking this one ever again. And I can live with that. It's just not good. These flavored whiskeys, they just really need to go. I mean, I think something like this, maybe you can mix it with something. I don't even know what you would mix it with. It just doesn't seem like it would go with anything. And so then if you're drinking it by itself, that doesn't taste good. So four, three at best. It's not the worst fruity whiskey that I've ever had, but it's not anywhere near an everyday sipper or anything that you'd want to keep on the shelf. So there you have it. Now, as for the short float, does it matter? Well, first off, I think it's important to go back and for those listening and not completely sure about what I'm talking about when I talk about the float, number of shares outstanding, what does all that mean? Well, for the float, that's the shares that are available to the public to buy, to sell, to short. You also have shares that are outstanding, and that's going to include the float, but it's also going to include shares that are restricted, which also means that the average trader like you and myself 
can't have access to. So we're left with the float and that's what we're allowed to trade off of. So the short float's going to be the percentage of shares out of that float that's short. So to keep the math simple, if you have 100 shares in the float and 10 of them are being shorted, then you have a 10% short float. Now people get really excited when there is a high short float because what happens when you short a stock is you're borrowing the shares from your broker and you're selling it. And then you're hoping the stock will go down so that you can buy back those shares and return them to the broker from a smaller price. And then you get to keep the difference. Let's say for instance, you have a Yeti cup, okay? And those things go for like 30 bucks, right? And I say, hey, can I borrow your Yeti cup? And you're like, yeah, sure, Ryan. And I take it and I sell it to a friend for 30 bucks. Well, I got $30 for selling your Yeti cup, but I still owe you a Yeti cup. So what I hope to do is that the value of the Yeti cup will fall or maybe they'll go on sale and they'll be selling them for $15, which we all know those things do not go on sale. But anyways, let's just pretend that they do. And I'm able to buy that same Yeti cup that I just borrowed from you for $15. And then I return it to you. You're happy. You got your Yeti cup back. I sold another Yeti cup for $30 and I get to keep the $15 difference between the two, right? Everybody goes away happy. It's kind of the same thing. You're borrowing shares from your broker. You're selling it. You're hoping the stock will drop and that you can buy them back at a cheaper price so that you can give them back to your broker and everybody goes away happy and you get to keep the difference between what you sold them for and what you bought them back for. So when everybody sees a high short float, that means there's a lot of people in the future that have to ultimately buy back these shares. And if it goes up too high, they're going to get a margin call and be forced to buy back those shares. So people see a high short float. They're like, let's start buying the stock because if the stock ever goes up, it's going to start compounding on each other because everybody that's short on the stock is going to have to buy back those shares, creating more buying and causing the stock to go even higher. Now you go back to this whole Wall Street bets thing that's been going on where they've been targeting some of these stocks that a lot of people have been short on for a long time, like AMC, like BlackBerry, like GameStop, companies that they feel like these are going out of business, they're worth being short on. They have bad fundamentals, all that stuff. Well, in comes Wall Street bets. They pride themselves on buying these companies that shouldn't go up, but they have so much of a following that they can get them to go up. So then they get these big institutions that are short on them to get squeezed. That's what we call a short squeeze. They're being squeezed into buying the stock, causing it to go even higher. And it usually causes the stock to go absolutely parabolic when you do see a short squeeze unfolding. So Wall Street bets, they were targeting a lot of these stocks that had short floats of 30 or 40 or 50%. And they were getting a whole bunch of retailers to buy these stocks and to drive the stock price higher. And then all of a sudden the shorts were having to cover their position. They were getting margin called and it was forcing the stock to go even higher. So then not only the Wall Street bets crowd pushing the stock higher, then you got the institutions that are having to cover their shorts. When you cover a short, that means you're buying it back. You're closing it that short position out. And that causes it because those people who were short the stock are now becoming buyers. And so it just becomes a snowball effect where the retailers, the Wall Street bets crowds buying the stock. They're forcing the institutions to buy the stock because they got to close out their position so they don't take an infinite loss. And it just keeps going higher and higher. Because remember, when you're short a stock, it's not like when you buy a stock and you're hoping that it goes up, right? You can make infinite gains when you buy a stock and hope that it goes higher. But you can only lose what you put into it, meaning that if the stock goes down to zero, you lose everything that you put into it. Now, on the short side, you can only make 100% on the trade by going from price that you shorted it at all the way down to zero. But on the flip side, you have an infinite 
amount of loss that you can take. Let's say you shorted a stock at $100 and it goes up to $210. Well, you just lost 110%. So you can lose more than what you actually shorted that stock for. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So these companies, they don't want to be caught in these massive short squeezes. So they're forced to cover their positions, which creates these parabolic moves in stocks like GameStop and AMC. Now you can find the short float. Like I said earlier, the brokers have to report it twice a month. You could take a look right now at Apple. Apple has 0.6% of their shares short. AMC has 16. That's pretty high. You start getting over like eight, nine, 10%. You're getting into a lot of shares being shorted there. You take SQ square. They have 8.1% of their float short and 7% of their total shares outstanding short. And you can get all this stuff. It's public information. I guess pulled it up off of yahoofinance.com. I don't care too much about it, honestly. Uh, TC2000 will let you even chart it out, I think, or at least some platforms will let you chart it out. So all that information's out there, yahoofinance.com. But what's even better information is if you go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com and sign up for my membership there, you get all my market research each and every day. That's going to include my daily list of trade setups that I'm following. Long and short, you're also going to get the most intriguing charts, trade setups that I come across each and every day, plus my weekly master watch list updated at the end of each week, along with updates of all the FANG stocks, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, and the Russell 2000. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. And in doing so, you'll be supporting this podcast and, and the ability for me to continue to provide this great content to you each and every week. So there you have it. You have a good idea of what we're talking about when it comes to the jargon and the lingo associated with shorting stocks, what the short float means and everything else. So a lot of people, they will do these screens for stocks like give me a list of stocks that have 25% of their shares being shorted right now or 50% of their shares being shorted right now. And they're doing that because they want to find something that has a huge short float in hopes that they can be part of a big short squeeze. Now, you got to remember, there's a lot of really smart people out there that are shorting some stocks. And so when you're going against them, you're saying that, okay, these people who have access to unbelievable amounts of research and people within the company itself, they are wrong. I'm going to be right. I'm going to take the opposite side of that trade. Now, while that sounds like a great idea on the surface, let's say a person shorting a stock at $100 a share. Again, I'm going to try and keep it easy with the, from the math standpoint. And you're saying, okay, man, look at this. This guy's short. And it, they don't tell you where they're getting short at, in most cases, at least, you know, unless they're making that public as well. But, but let's say the average price that people shorted stock ABC at was $100 a share, and 40 or 50% of the float is short right now. You see that, and it's like, oh, I'm going to buy the stock because I want to see them get squeezed, and I want to make a lot of money off of them. Now, let's say the stock goes from $100 all the way down to $75. Well, they're up 25%. You're down 25%. And then all of a sudden you do get the short squeeze. It goes from 75 back up to $95. That's a big move. However, you're still losing on the trade. And not all of these short squeezes are going to go up like what you see with AMC and what you saw with GameStop. 
those are abnormalities. Those are way beyond the scope of your typical squeeze. So is it relevant to trading? I don't really care about it because a lot of times when there is a high short float, there's probably something inherently wrong with the stock that's causing a lot of people to be that negative on the stock itself. And so there's a good chance that there is some major headline risk. There's some major fundamental risk. You are exposed to getting an earnings warning because they're not doing good. You risk a possible bankruptcy. There's a lot that can go wrong when you start going after these companies that are just going downhill. Like take a lot of your old school retailers, the ones that you used to find in the malls all the time. They have some high short floats to them right now. And a lot of them probably won't even be around 10 years from now. And the reason why they have a high short float is there's a lot of people that believe that they're ultimately not going to make it. So they're just going to ride that value of the stock down to zero. Now in comes Wall Street bets. They're like, hey, let's get the retail crowd in on this stock and let's drive it up to God knows how high. Let's drive it up 10,000% or whatever. But you got to remember, those events like what you saw with GameStop, what you saw in AMC, those are the exceptions, not the norm. There's a lot of people out there right now because I get the emails about it saying, hey, I'm in this stock because it has a high short float, but it's not getting squeezed off. Well, you're really just playing a game like you would at a casino in Las Vegas. You're hoping that you'll get lucky and you'll score big. So just because it has a high short float doesn't ultimately mean that it's going to be squeezed. And I think a lot of people confuse that. They say, oh, look at this. Everybody's shorting it. It's going to get squeezed. Not necessarily. You can have a lot of people that are able to get out over time and lower that short percentage. So don't use that as a reason to swing trade in the stock market. If it happens that you that there's a major short squeeze, great, but don't bank on that. If you're going to be a technical trader, you need to make sure that there's a trade setup there that you can use a good risk reward setup on where the reward is at least twice that of the risk. So again, to wrap this up, I don't think that you should be making the percentage of shares short on the float an integral part of why you buy or sell a stock. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave me a five-star review. I always appreciate those things. Also, make sure to keep sending me your questions. Send me your questions, brian at shareplanner.com. I do read them all. I want to hear from you guys, and I want to be able to put as many of these things on air as possible. Send me those. Thank you, guys. God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.